Welcome to the newest installment of The Voice Speaks. I am Olufemi Nathan Oshako, Executive Director of Eternal Crown Ministries and host of this podcast. In keeping with our study of the life of David, we're picking back up in 2 Samuel chapter 15 and verses 1 through 12. We'll be in 2 Samuel 15 over the next couple of weeks uh, at least uh, so this is just the first portion of it and the thought for the day is roots of rebellion we're going to walk through the scripture today so starting with verse 1 and I'm reading from the NIV version it says in the course of time Absalom provided himself with a chariot and horses and with 50 men to run ahead of him. He would get up early and stand by the side of the road leading to the city gate. Whenever anyone came with a complaint to be placed before the king for a decision, Absalom would call out to him, what town are you from? He would answer, your servant is from one of the tribes of Israel. Absalom took some time to build up a bit of a following. He'd been in back in Israel for about two years now. Finally got a chance to have an audience with the king and now that he's had an audience with the king he begins to hatch his plans. Now the way that Absalom has worked he probably was already thinking of how to go about doing it but he needed access in order to do it David absolving him of his wrong by kissing him and allowing him to be back in the kingdom opened the doors for these kinds of things to take place so verses 3 and 4 then Absalom said to him or would say to him look your claims are valid and proper but there are no representatives of the king to hear you. And Absalom would add, if only I were appointed judge in the land, then everyone who had a complaint or case could come to me and I would see that they received justice. What did Absalom do? He agreed that they had a valid case and then sowed doubt into their hearts by saying, the king's not equipped to handle your cases though is he, he doesn't have anyone there to do it now if i were there then i would make sure that everything was was in order you know so he's making a case for himself being in a place to judge and promising justice for the people by telling them hey you know what you've got you've got a, a complaint that you you have something valid there and these people are already on their way to see the king for justice but he was cutting them off and trying to provide his own version of rogue justice again we're talking about the roots of rebellion and this is how things start they start small they start seemingly insignificantly just you know oh it's not that big of a deal you know it's innocent but it's not let's keep reading verse 5 says 
Also, whenever anyone approached him to bow down before him, Absalom would reach out his hand, take hold of him, and kiss him. Absalom behaved in this way towards all the Israelites who came to the king asking for justice. And so he stole the hearts of the people of Israel. Absalom was yet a royal. He was yet a prince. He was yet regal. And people were honored to be in his presence. And that's understandable. But Absalom, in his wit and conniving, decided anyone who says that they're they're Israelites, those are the ones that I'm going to look after and, and try to provide direction to. And if they bow down to me, oh, then I will kiss them. Kisses are intimate. And he intimately found a way to honor those people and develop a bond with them. You don't just let some stranger off the street kiss you. A kiss means something. And don't forget, he was also vindicating them, telling them, yes, you have a valid case. And you deserve justice for what you're asking for. Oh, only if I were in a place to give it to. Only if I could do it. My my father can't. He doesn't have the structure in place to do it. But if I were in place, I would give this to you. And then he, he built those bonds by kissing them. He knew what he was doing. He knew just what he was doing. And that's why you have to be careful who you allow yourself to have intimate relationships with. Now, I'm not speaking solely about knowing a a man and a woman the way that the Bible talks about uh, biblical knowledge when um, speaks of Adam and Eve. I'm, I'm not talking about that, but just those that you spend your time with, those that you share your heart with, that you you really tell the things that are on your mind and what's what's troubling you your your fears your insecurities you have to be intimate or I should say you have to be very mindful of who you allow yourself to be intimately connected with that person may be doing so at that time and you get comfort from it but that may be happening for their own purposes, for their own desires, for their own gain. Gotta be careful. Now let's keep reading. Verse 7 says, At the end of four years, Absalom said to the king, Let me go to Hebron and fulfill a vow I made to the Lord. While your servant was living at Geshur in Aram, I made this vow. If the Lord takes me back to Jerusalem, I will worship the Lord in Hebron. See, Absalom was playing the long game. He sat for two years waiting to say something to the king. He waited two years before he killed his brother Amnon. He knew how to strategize 
and allow time to open up doors for him. He kept wearing down and lulling David into complacency by allowing time to to go on. Oh yeah, Absalom, you know, I forgot about him. I'm dealing with this, I'm dealing with that. Don't know the end around game that he's running, keeping people from coming to him. The army and the, the loyal following that he's developing by being right outside the gate being right outside the place where people would would meet and speaking to them and providing them with wisdom and guidance and telling them you're right there's nothing uh nothing that that gets someone on your side more so than telling them you're right your thoughts are right validating them vindicating them and that's what Absalom was doing unfortunately because David was not looking he was not praying he was not able to shut Absalom down on top of that Absalom used the things of God as a cover for his selfish ambition let me go fulfill this promise I made to the Lord regarding worshiping in Hebron I will worship the Lord in Hebron if he lets me get back to Jerusalem why does he have to worship in Hebron if he's back in Jerusalem when his home is in Jerusalem and that's where the king is and that's where the seat of power is why would you have to Lord if you let me do this I'll go back and worship in Hebron hmm you have to be mindful of what someone says is for God try the spirit by the spirit the word tells us and you can't just let someone say that oh this is for God and take it as being just for God just because someone says something doesn't mean that that's what it is Bible says in the gospels many will cry Lord Lord have we not prophesied in thy name they spoke the truth in God's name they gave the words that God gave them to give in his name in your name have we not cast out devils you cannot cast out devils by the spirit of Satan Beelzebub can't cast out devils so you casting out devils gotta have the spirit of God right yeah have we not cast out devils in your name and in your name have we not done many wonderful works and he will say to them depart from me I never knew you just because you are doing God's things doesn't mean that you're in God's will if you're doing it for selfish reasons you're doing it for your own promotion you gotta be careful gotta be careful have to try the spirit by the spirit to see if what's being done is indeed with the with the motivation of furthering the kingdom of God not your own personal kingdom not your own personal way not making a name for yourself but are you doing this for God Absalom said he was doing it for the Lord 
and he did indeed sacrifice we'll see that as uh we go a little further verse 9 the king said to him go in peace so he went to hebron then absalom sent secret messengers throughout the tribes of israel to say as soon as you hear the sound of the trumpets then say absalom is king in hebron 200 men from jerusalem had accompanied absalom and they'd been invited as guests and went quiet quite innocently knowing nothing about the matter absalom moved in secrecy he did this because he knew that his motives were corrupt and his secrecy was so great that even those who went with him did not know that absalom was up to something they just thought that they were going with him to sacrifice verse 12 while absalom was offering sacrifices he also sent for ahithophel the gileanite david's counselor to come from gilo his hometown and so the conspiracy gained strength and absalom's following kept increasing who you align yourself with and or who you get to align with you holds a lot of weight. Ahithophel was one of David's chief counselors. He was known as a very wise and crafty man, a man of understanding, a man of, of great sage wisdom. And because he aligned himself with Absalom. Absalom's conspiracy gained strength. Oh, they, uh, Absalom must be the king if Ahithophel is there. Be careful who you co-sign. And also, be careful of those who are co-signing you. Words have power. Your actions have power. And when you align yourself with the right people... God can bless you when you align yourself with those that are not about God's will may God help you as far as that's concerned alright let's talk about some of the key points that we cover today the roots of rebellion are to divert and devalue authority that's what Absalom did when he was right before the gates right before uh, people start making their cases. He swooped in and diverted them from that, brought them to himself and validated their points. But then said, oh, but David can't deal with it. It's too busy. First Samuel 2, 7 says that he humbles and exalts. God is the one that sets things up. You don't have to connive and 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 uh, parlor trick, as I call it, but politicking and things of that nature to get wherever God wants you to go. Daniel chapter 22, verse 21 says that he removes and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge and under knowledge to understanding men. The Lord sets up who's king. Whether you like who's in leadership or not, he's the one who brings kings down 
and he's the one that establishes them. If you have wisdom, if you're a person of understanding, guess what? He did that too. It's not about you. It's about him, which is why it's so important to give him the glory for what it is that he has done because whatever it is is done, it's done because he allows it to happen. The roots of rebellion not only divert from authority and devalue authority, but they appeal to your flesh. Absalom kept telling people, yeah, you're right. You got a a valid case. He affirmed them. The roots of rebellion also have a slow bill over four years. Absalom kept working at his plot and his plan. Most people don't wake up in the morning and say, you know what? I think today I'm going to go and get strung out on crack and live a good portion of my life as a crack addict. No, that, that's generally not what happens when kids are, are walking by in school and see homeless people. You don't see them say, you know what? That's what I want to be when I grow up. No, it's a slow build. Things happen in your life. You start allowing these things to, to take place. So you start taking in this and taking in that and and you lose sight of what it is that you can be because you get blinded by the realities of life. It's a slow build. It's not something that's overnight, generally. It builds slowly, which is why you have to be mindful. You have to be watchful. You have to watch and pray. The roots of rebellion also are firmly grounded in deception, operating through deception. If you got to do it in an underhanded fashion, God is not going to be pleased. Bottom line. And those are the roots of rebellion. How do you fight against all those things? You got to pray. You have to pray. First Thessalonians 5.17 says to pray continually. That's the only way that, <laughs> that you're going to be able to fight against those things. Because again, it's a slow build. And it's the little concessions. It's the, the, the little things that you say okay to. That one day you turn around and look and see that like a ship at sea that's drifting you're far away from shore and you are way off course because you weren't doing the things necessary to guide you and keep you on track so say la pause and think about this i encourage you to subscribe to the podcast tell a friend and tell a friend about it if you are enjoying it and be on the lookout for the next edition on next week we will keep talking about chapter 15 of second samuel as i promised at the top of the podcast uh, this time we're going to look at david's return to a familiar way of living until then god bless and keep it together Bye.